Uh, my name is Abby O'Neill and I am a teacher in the Anchorage School District. This is, uh, I believe, my seventh or eighth year teaching and I currently teach out in Eagle River. Um, I teach kindergarten, but I've taught pretty much all the other grades in elementary school too. I think as a teacher, we're all taking it one day at a time with whatever the district puts forth. And that's obviously kind of how everybody's dealing with it since it's such a, a new worldwide situation and we're all dealing with whatever new information has come out for the moment. So we've been contacting families and assessing what they have and don't have um, as far as technology and if they have access to computers or tablets or internet, and if not, how are we going to provide that or how are we going to make um, opportunities for equitable learning across the board? So is that going to be paper and pencil packets? Is that going to be uh, digital resources online? And if that's not accessible for all families, we have to find ways to create them. So it, it takes time. Um, and thankfully, the governor did close schools at first. Um, until March 30th. So that allowed for some time for us to gather as a staff and kind of assess where we were as a school individually and then as a district as a whole. So we took that and the district said with that mandate, we could not provide assignments that needed to be graded or assigned to families until after the March 30th timeline. So I think the hardest part has been for teachers not to dive right in and just create everything um, because that's kind of our nature. We're all very, very much so planners and a lot of us are very type A personalities. So we all just want to hit the ground running. And I think a lot of parents, as soon as they heard they were going to have their kids home, were like, what do we do with them all day? Like, what, what do you want us to do? What do we need to do to keep them busy? You know? Yeah. And so we're sympathetic to that as well. Since most of us are parents, we're like, yeah, if we're teleworking, what are they going to do all day? So that, that hurry up and wait, um, is a really hard concept for all of us. Um, I'm also a military spouse. So thankfully I've been a little bit conditioned in that, that sometimes your plans change and sometimes mm -hmm. you're on plan Z before you know it. So um, I think that's kind of where we all are as a state and as a city and in every area, we're kind of like, okay, A, B, and C didn't work. Now what are we going to do? So that's kind of where teachers are as well. We're, we're waiting for really clear direction. Um, we're trying not to over um, saturate with resources coming from all directions and five different platforms and, and things like that. So right now as a district, the current thing that we're deciding this week um, was getting out supplemental resources like, do you have your logins and passcodes for, let's say, Lexia or MathWiz or some of these programs that we use on the regular? And then offering to parents really just that reminder overall of social emotional learning and, and mental health. Like, where are you as a family? And yes, we want to provide you with supplements, but really what we want is for families to just be together Um take time and assess what they need. If that's food, then the district has provided breakfast and lunch available for any child who needs it. Um, they've also made sure that we have, you know, counselors and psychologists that they can reach out to. And I know personally with my families, that's been the priority for last week and this week was just like, how do we stay connected? How do I check in on you? How do I see their little faces? You know, like, I, mm -hmm. I want my kids. This is killing me. I have two kids of my own. They're they're missing school. They're missing friends. 
and and they're just missing that connection to the normal routine and life that they have. And that's how I feel as a kindergarten teacher, especially like, I mean, five and six year olds, let's face it, like they don't have boundaries. So I'm used to, (laughs) I'm used to full on hugs and high fives and, you know, those pep talks every day of you're the greatest teacher ever. And I miss it. You know, I miss Mm -hmm. seeing them. I miss being part of their day. And so we're just trying to find ways to stay connected with families, whether that's a Zoom meeting where they get to talk over each other and, you know, just look at each other on video chat, or it could be uh, something as simple as I've asked my families, I use Seesaw, which is kind of an app for your phone, and we usually stay connected that way. But I've asked a lot of my families just to send me maybe one or two pictures a week of what, what your child's doing at home. And then I upload them to some slides and we share it as a class just I mean, honestly, just so that they can see one another because they miss their friends. But also it gives parents ideas like, oh, they went sledding. Let me go sledding. Or, oh, they were working on, you know, Play-Doh. I haven't pulled out the Play-Doh yet. Let me do that, you know. And so mm-hmm. it gives them a little bit of an idea of, of something to do as well. So we've been trying just to stay connected and offer resources that way. Um, and then this week is moving into choosing platforms so that we're we're more uniform across the district. Um, I've heard from parents, you know, it's really hard if they get an email from one teacher for their fourth grader and they want to use a certain program and then the first grader has to use a different program and maybe they're sharing a computer and now the parent's navigating several different websites or apps or something like that. So we're trying as a district to minimize the confusion Mm -hmm. and try to make it streamline. So we were messaging earlier Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that the setup of online learning is still underway. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't really speak to that, but you said that you'd be able to talk about where we are now, Mm -hmm. kind of a glimpse at the current impact to our community. Yeah. How would you describe where we are right now? In a holding pattern, to say the least. I mean, I think we're taking it day by day and the more cases that are announced that kind of shapes things. I know, like I said, my husband's military. So when they announced cases on J-Bear, that sped up a response on J-Bear a little bit more. Um, And then when today they announced that somebody in the ASD district had had COVID-19. And so then they had to take whatever schools were impacted by that and make sure that even though level one people who are people who have not traveled Um, even though they were allowed to be in buildings, that immediately put a halt to those people being in those buildings since someone had been um, positive and been in those environments. So they immediately sent staff home. um, And they're they're highly encouraging that most of us are just continuing to telework for that reason alone because we don't know for sure who is going to be testing positive in the next few days and where they've been. So we're trying to just keep the staff healthy so that we can maintain the the food distribution and the materials that need to get out and really just trying to be mindful that, you know, we all have families too, and we're trying to navigate this just like everybody else is. So we're, we're spending time with our own families, especially over the weekend and, you know, kind of checking in mentally, like, where do we need to be and how do we feel about the situation so that we can better prepare ourselves to help other people, just like just like everybody who responds to situations, they have to put their, their own oxygen mask on first is kind of where we're at. For sure. Um, and then I think that makes us a little bit more mindful of what 
families need. You know, we don't want, we really don't want families thinking that they need to provide this um, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. kind of learning for their child. Like I provide learning for 24 kindergartners and that takes me a full day and that includes lunch and recess and PE or art or whatever our specials are. And it also includes a lot of transitioning and checking in on 24 kids. But when you're doing individual learning, your child should not be one-on-one learning for like six hours a day. That's not realistic. (laughs) I mean, I know that those of us working from home would love for them to be occupied for six hours a day, but that's not realistic at all. They need maybe two to three hours a day of some learning combined, and that, that includes their their break outside and maybe some free choice time of Legos or a puzzle or something like that. And it, it includes, you know, some independent practice and some, some guided direction from their parents. But really, if we're not teaching 24 kids, that would, that would drastically reduce that time that we expect them to be full on learning from a lesson, you know? I'm not a parent, but hearing that, if I was a parent, would give me just this great relief that I don't need to be attempting to educate my kindergartner six hours a day. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's something to really be mindful of is like, realistically, this is going to shape everybody's priorities in a different way. It's going to make everybody reset a little bit about what is important. And the most important thing for all of us right now is to just like calm down and be patient and know that like this is going to take time and that we all need to offer each other grace. You know, like this, this is not something that I immediately think everybody's an overnight teacher or a tech guru or anything like that. I mean, like this is not going to just be like, Oh, my kid's learning online. Everything's great. And I can go and do my job. Like the very first thing I sent out to parents was a um, parent survival guide to school closure. And the first thing was like, designate space for each other, you know, like you have your workspace, give them a workspace, talk to them about, you know, if you need to ask a question, how do you want them to get your attention? Do you want them to totally interrupt your very important Zoom meeting? Or do you want them to like leave you a note or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. how do you want this to happen? And then the reminder with that was like, when, when we as adults have things to do, an agenda to complete for the day or this overwhelming task in front of us, we're impatient, you know, like that's just human nature. We have our priorities. And when somebody interrupts that, we're quick to snap, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and we're going to step on each other's toes. We're living in quarantine, you know, and it's hard. And so give your child some room to go with that and know that like, you're going to be operating on a shorter fuse and they need you just as much as your work needs you. And so you need to kind of form your own routines as a family, whatever works for you. So you're going to see guidelines come home from teachers, but like they're not the gospel. You don't need to cling to them. They're not like, you know, they're guidelines and and maybe trying to make helpful suggestions like, you know, 30 minutes of reading or, or an hour of reading spread out throughout the day you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there makes things a lot more manageable. But but giving yourself as a family, just some guidelines like, hey, I would really like it if in the morning, you make sure that you 
still brush your teeth and have some breakfast <laughs> and, you know, operate as a human. And then like, if you could fit in a little bit of learning here and, and then maybe some quiet choice time, like go ahead and do some Legos or get out your Play-Doh and I'm going to finish my meeting over here. And then we're going to meet and talk over lunch, you know, like I'll, I'll get you a snack or I'll get you some lunch and then, and then we can move on to the next thing. And just really, coming up with that as a family, because what works for one family is not going to work for another family. You know, somebody who has one child is different than somebody who has four or five. Somebody who has a toddler at home has to schedule their day around nap time. You know, like this is just the truth. Like you're going to, you're not going to have some perfect cookie cutter mold. And I think we're trying to be mindful of that as teachers that like, we don't want to schedule like a one o'clock Zoom with every second grader and, you know, maybe the fourth grade teachers wanted one o'clock. Like we can't do precise times and I don't think that's realistic and I don't think that anybody is looking at making uh, a hyper-scheduled day for any parents. What we want to do is provide the framework and the lessons and say like, okay, here it is. Now do it however it fits in your day, you know? Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's more helpful. So something that you said that I liked uh, when we were messaging earlier today was that for now, we are offering supports for families through food pickup, supplemental resources, and emotional and mental check-ins to remind families to focus on being together and being a family. What does the food pickup look like? Um, Anchorage School District right now is operating like a food pickup procedure on different school campuses. It's not every school campus. There's a list of them online um, that you can see. And Fire Lake and Eagle River is one of them. We're operating a 10 to 2 pickup window. So if you, um, as a parent, bring your child up, it doesn't matter if they qualify for free and reduced lunch or they've never gotten that a day in their life. If you need food, we're here to give it to you. Um, basically they're prepackaged breakfast and prepackaged lunch, and they have not been heated up in any way yet. They come with instructions to heat them up at home. Um, and so you can, you can pick it up. They've even had it so that on Friday you can pick up meals for the weekend as well, the same day. Um, we just really understand that there's a need in the community for kids to get food, especially every day there's people losing their jobs at you know, during this. And Mm -hmm. we want to offer that support if things are tight at home and you are struggling to find things at the grocery store or you don't know when your next paycheck is, like this is available to you for any child in your family under the age of 18, you can come pick up food. So they're offering that. They're also moving it. um, It has now started on bus routes. So in addition, if you can't make it to the school, um, if you find for your area, like Eagle River and Chugiak have obviously their own bus route, Anchorage has a couple different ones. Um, if you find the bus route on the ASD website or you call your school and ask, they can explain it to you. Um, but different bus route stops and they will go to those stops each day with food and you can pick it up from your nearest bus stop if you can't make it all the way to the school. So we're trying to make it as accessible as possible. We want to make sure that our kids are fed um, and that those basic needs are are taken care of first. And I'm honestly very impressed. That was the very first thing that Anchorage School District took care of. They knew that it was a need in the community and that their families needed this to feel safe. And they've done really, really great work. And that's been 
the front office staff, that's been school nurses, that's been bus drivers who have volunteered to do this, and obviously the the food workers that work at the schools regularly, certain ones have been called in to do this, and they're giving their time, and they're, you know, honestly risking some exposure there too, and yet mm-hmm. they're still doing it. So, I mean, it's it's really commendable. Obviously, our school nurses are taking on a whole lot too, and some of them are being called to do other things like these uh, drive-up testing facilities and some of the other things they've been trained in those recently to where if if medical workers start getting sick and can't come to work, they have a backup plan. So there's a lot of a lot of training that Anchorage is doing that people don't realize. You know, they're already planning for the next step, which is really good to know. Yeah, that's great. How about supplemental resources? So every teacher this week or this last week, we worked on developing kind of like a a parent letter with some helpful resources, most of which were either some quick activities to do with your kid or some websites that you could visit. Um, so a lot of us worked on whatever was was appropriate for our grade level to send out to parents. And it was really the intent was not to overwhelm, but to provide you with maybe some busy work while you're in this limbo situation to where like these websites we know are good for reading. This is good for math. This is good for science. Um, if you need movement for your child and, and they don't want to go outside right now, why don't you try this? And so a lot of us have tried to provide at least one or two websites for each subject. A lot of us have reminded parents that right now you don't have to do school. Like this is unfortunately an extended break. We know it's not easy for people to navigate while you're also working from home, but realistically, our our number one priority is for families to check in on themselves. You know, make sure that your kid feels safe. Make sure that they have a routine with you. Make sure that they know that, you know, they're not in this all on their own either. A lot of our kids, when we finally get them on Zoom or or on a phone call, they're like, are you at home too? Like, are my (laughs) friends at home too? They really don't understand that, like, it's not just them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I zoomed with my kindergartners a couple times and I only had five or six each time, but they, the one little boy said, Mrs. O'Neill, are all my friends at your house? And I was like, no, nope, no, nope, they're not. <laughs> like, and I said, you know how you're in your box and I'm in my box on the screen and they're each in a box. Like we're each in our own box in our own house. And he's like, oh, okay. I thought I was the only one that wasn't at your house. And I was like, oh no, mm-mm. they're at their own house, you know? So it's it's funny how they just need that reassurance that like they're not the only one missing out on school and mm-hmm. everybody's missing their friends. And so we really want parents to be mindful that this is a super stressful time for adults. So like check your own mindset first. Like I said, put on your own oxygen mask and then check on your kid. And as much as we want to rush them back to school that's probably not what we need to do right away. What we need to do is evaluate where we are as a family and see what's going to work best for us and make sure that they know, like, these are difficult times. These are stressful times, but, like, we're still safe. We have our house. We have food. We have this. You know, like, these things Mm -hmm. will go on, and you need to be sure that that they're hearing it from you because they're obviously hearing it if you have the news on them on in the background, or if you're talking to your friends about it, they're hearing it, but have you talked to them about it? You know, so we want to Mm -hmm. give them those resources of like child-friendly language, um, 
I've sent things from the Child Mind Institute where it talks about being predictable, being responsive, modeling calm and reassurance and, and being thoughtful in how you problem solve your situations. And then also talking to them about, I mean, there's great resources out there from um, Americans Foundation for Suicide Prevention, as well as the National Association of School Psychologists. They've talked about, you know, maintaining that developmentally appropriate language with kids um, when you talk about COVID-19 and how it, we don't want it to be scary, but what we do want it to be is honest and we want it to, you know, go over the importance of why am I asking you to wash your hands for 20 seconds, you know, and I've mm -hmm. seen tons of great, great parents stepping up and, and showing them like the science experiment with the pepper and the soap and how the soap makes the pepper leave the water and, and showing them with, you know, paint or things like that with their hands. Like you think you're washing your hands, but you're not. Um, and explaining to them why they can't be with their friends. It's not just this, this new punishment that you have for them. Like everybody's having to do this. We all want to be yeah. social and it's not, you know, but there's a reason why it's not because your friend is yucky. It's not because we don't like them. It's because we're trying to keep everybody safe. And that's, that's every adult's job is to keep kids safe. Um, and it's the kid's job to know what they need to do on their end to make it so that they stay safe too. Mm -hmm. So we've just been trying to put out some of those resources for them, trying to talk with families and check in and really see like, what, what do they need? Is there somebody that we missed that we didn't realize was in crisis and needs support, you know, because we don't want to look back and go, Oh, oops, we missed one. You know, like we want to know that our kids are taken care of. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you mentioned was emotional and mental check-ins. Could you describe that? I mean, I think just like sending out those resources, we want to know and, and let parents know, like, you know, they're kind of waiting on us to navigate the situation when it comes to their kids sometimes, but parents are their, their kid's first teacher. They're their forever teacher. They're the one that their kid relies on for that safe place and that constant. And so we've just been checking with parents, like, it sounds like casual conversation, but we're checking in and saying like, how are you? Are you both still working? You know, like, are, are you working from home? Are you going to have that option? Or are you going to be out of work? You know, like we're asking tough questions and it's not because we want to be nosy, but we want to know like how we can help. Is this something mm -hmm. where, you know, you're going to be out of work and therefore you need to know that food's available to you and where the next bus stop is. So we're having those conversations. We're talking to parents about, you know, like if this gets to be too much and you need to talk to somebody, you know, we have a guidance counselor, we have a school psychologist that we can refer them to, or we can maybe reach out and look at community resources. I know in Eagle River, um, Kim's Cuisine was offering meals to families during the day. Pizza Hut around town was offering meals to families and, and to kids. And so we want them to know those resources. And a lot of times they just don't know what's available. And and this is obviously overwhelming for all of us on, on every scale. I mean, sports are canceled for kids. Um, we've got schools canceled. Jobs are falling apart left and right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is something that nobody has navigated before. And, and I guess we want them to know we're, we're there for their kids, but we're also there for them. We don't want them to feel like it's just them that has something that's falling apart. We're all dealing with it in some way or another. So I think it's just offering that, that conversation while we check in 
So while we were doing this, the survey on what kind of technology they had, we were also checking to make sure like, what, what's the job situation? How, how many kids are at home? Do you have younger siblings? You know, Mm -hmm. so we, we want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. You know, one thing that I was thinking that I wonder if you could describe is your last day teaching before the shutdown. What was that like? I was doing really good not being emotional, but that might take me there. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we all leave in high spirits right before spring break because the last time I taught was the day before spring break. And it's it's really odd because we worked that Friday as a teacher in-service day doing grades for report cards. So Thursday was the last day that we saw kids. And as a kindergarten teacher, oftentimes when we do calendar, we talk about like the upcoming breaks or the holidays or whatever. And I remember talking to my kids about, you know, you're going to have Friday off and then the weekend, and then you're going to have five days off for spring break and another weekend. So we were already at like 10 days that I wasn't going to see them. And they were like, wow, that's a long time. I'm like, yeah, it is. But we're going to be back together is what we always talk about when we talk about big breaks. And then to not be able to really send them home with anything or or to even know that that was the last time that we were going to be in a classroom together. I mean, that's really hard, um, especially as a teacher who went through the earthquake and Eagle River was severely impacted. We've already mm-hmm. kind of gone through a trauma on our own. I mean, Anchorage felt it too, and you guys had time off. But, I mean, there was severe damage to our schools, and there were some f- some school families that didn't get to go back to their school. So we've already felt that big break with our classrooms before, but the difference was we got to come back together like shortly after within a week's time. And now we've already been apart for two weeks, you know, and it's like, Mm. Whoa, wait a minute. And this is going to go on for how long? And, and I know this is heartbreaking for seniors in high school because they're missing out on so many huge things. Um, and it's just as heartbreaking on this end on, on kindergarten. I mean, maybe not as those big life events, but I mean, this is their first experience of school and it's ending digitally, like something that they themselves can't even navigate. Yeah. And like, when you really sit and think about that, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Like I love seeing them every day. They're a huge part of everything for me. And not only is my job as a teacher changing overnight, you know, something I mm-hmm. definitely didn't ask for and something I definitely don't enjoy. I, I don't connect well with kids online the way that I connect in person. So this is really hard. And then to not be there for them in a time that they may be scared or unsure and their parents are, you know, scared and unsure. It's really hard not to maintain that normal routine for them and and to not have that closure piece. Like, we've kind of joked, but then also like been sad about it. Like, what are we going to do for the end of the year barbecue? Like, are we going to have a zoom meeting and everybody hold a hot dog? Like, I mean, what do you do? (laughs) Like everybody got their (laughs) juice box. Okay. Happy summer. You know, like it's just not the same. If, if we don't get that chance to come back, you know, this is, this is just heartbreaking. This is one of the very best classes I've ever had. And I don't know if that makes it better or worse, to be honest, because I, I do just love them genuinely, and it it is very hard to be away from them. Um, and 
then there are those really hard years where you might be slightly relieved to not be with certain students. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, honestly, those are the kids you worry more about because they're usually mm -hmm. the ones who are struggling at home or they may not have food or they may not, you know, they have certain needs that really need to be at school to be met. And, and it's really hard either way. You know, Abby, I think that pretty much does it for my questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, I, I would just honestly say, you know, through all of this as a community, we need to just assume positive intentions, whether it's from the politicians and the officials making these decisions, if it's from healthcare workers, like they all have our safety in mind. And it, and it's no different when we look at education too, like your teacher's they love to help your kids. Like they are not trying to keep things from you. We're not trying to make things hard for you. So if something is too hard, like give them that feedback. If you just can't make it happen, tell them that. Um, if you need more and your kid is, you know, like rocking at homeschool, like tell them that too, because we want to meet you where you are just like we would any other day, but it's all new territory. So I would give everybody grace in this, give the teachers grace and give them time to roll things out, you know, in a way that makes sense for everybody and give, give yourself grace when you're working with being a homeschool parent for the first time ever, because none of us are proficient in that right away. But I think um, if, if we just assume that there's positive intent and nobody's trying to keep us from anything or you know, mess us up along the way. Like, I think it just takes us that much farther and, and know that we just need to give each other patience. For more information about how you can support local grassroots journalism, go to www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. Thank you to Trina Duber, Seward Brewing Company, The Grind Coffee Shop in Juneau, Derek Adolph, Blue and Gold Board Shop, Sharon Liska, Alaska Surf Adventure, and Aquila Space for their support at the company man level. This conversation was written, hosted, and produced by me, Cody Liska, for Crude Magazine. Music was produced by Alcoda Beats.